everyone and welcome to its complicated podcast. Today's episode is actually uh, the second part of the previous one. So I would recommend you to check it out before we go on. But for those of you who are a little bit lazy and um, don't want to play the first part, uh, here's a brief summary of what I discussed in the last part. So I basically criticized the third wave of feminism, which is popular right now and which is happening in the Western uh, world. And I exposed some huge lies that this movement is spreading. So basically, the last episode was more political than psychological. But today, um, I'm going to put my focus on the psychology behind today's feminism. And I would like to analyze where the hatred um, towards men is coming from. Because as I mentioned in my last episode, I believe that the modern... um, the modern radical feminism is not about equality anymore, but about hating men, bashing masculinity, and also denying non-feminist women, such as yours truly. Um, so before we go on, I would like to um, have a little disclaimer here, because, uh, you know, today's insight is going to be based on my own opinion only, which means that um, my personal assumption and my individual analysis led me to the conclusion that uh, many feminists hate men. And this is uh, only based on my perspective, even though honestly, I can imagine that you can probably show this claim also by using statistics or any type of experiments, but I'm not aware of any or I didn't search for any scientific information on this topic since I just wanted to share my um, very personal view with you. So basically this episode is going to be very very personal and I thought that this is kind of important to be mentioned because I wanted to be transparent with my audience and I uh, kind of dislike being provocative only for its sake so whenever I'm using um, non-scientific sources you're going to know. So please be aware that my perspective on this episode could be wrong. So, uh, and now let's get started, I would say. Well, in the first part of this episode, I have already talked about how feminists bash masculinity and how they, uh, they want to deny biology in many cases, especially when it comes to their advantage. But why do I believe that they hate men so much? Mm, You know, I have met many feminists in my life since, unfortunately, I live in a very woke and radical city. So it's kind of impossible um, not to share the road with them, especially since I uh, started going to college and uh, I was on different uh, campuses. I have met many of them, many feminists. But, you know, the good thing is um, that I always... um, genuinely wanted to know why they call themselves feminist or uh, what they are aiming at. What is the purpose of being a modern feminist today? And more importantly, what are they doing for women's rights uh, and for uh, women's equality? Because that's the main point of it, right? And unsurprisingly (laughs) the answers were often or even always very very disappointing and sometimes even embarrassing because you know for me it's safe to say that um, I've never uh, met a feminist who is not angry or resentful because you know they they have 
they usually have low tolerance when it comes to disagreement and they're kind of allergic <laughs> towards evidence, common sense, and I don't know, logic. And you can find that also in debates and political shows. They are usually very loud, immature, and offended. And I know that I probably sound very radical right now because I'm doing this uh, generalization. But how else can I describe my reaction to a very polarized movement, to an extreme movement, right? Because today's feminism is always about um, making situation black and white. It's always good versus bad. It's, um, you know, misogyny versus feminism. It's man mansplainers versus uh, he for she. <laughs> it's career women versus mothers. And at the end of the day, it's always men versus women. So here's a genuine question for you. Do you see any gray zone here? Do you see any um, negotiation here? Do you truly believe that today's feminism is actually doing a good job uh, by finding the middle ground? Because I don't see any. And that's why I am being radical right now. That's my genuine reaction to that. Because unfortunately, all I see is uh, radicalism, resentfulness, and hatred, and especially victimhood. And this one, victimhood, is very exciting. <laughs> so let me explain this one. Um, so how did women become the victim in our society and why? Um, to open this one, I would like to talk about um, narcissism, finally, <laughs> and um, take my own insight to it. So I believe that a father can play a very crucial role when it comes to building the personality of his daughter. Well, obviously, a mother also can play a role. But I do think that when it comes to the opposite sex parent, their behavior is probably more influential for the children. And this is actually a point which is based on um, classic psychology. So if you read Freud, for example, you will know that uh, he talks about Oedipus complex which points out that uh, a daughter's first love is her father right and many of us experience this as well well you know me myself <laughs> I'm kind of an exception I would say because um, I used to be a mommy's girl since forever I love my father to death but I don't know I'm very clingy when it comes to my mom but still, I can't understand where this theory is coming from. And that's because I believe that my dad's personality shaped at least 50% of how I am today. And, uh, you know, I believe that, as I said, I was a mommy girl and I was not that I was not a typical daddy's girl. So but but still, I can see that he had more influence on my personality than my mom did. And it, this is kind of huge to me. This is interesting, right? But unfortunately, there are also fathers uh, who can have bad influence on you, right? And who uh, can raise narcissistic daughters. But how does this happen and uh, which type of father could raise a narcissist um, as a daughter? But again, before we go on, uh, this is very personal. <laughs> this is individual. And I don't know if you can rely on this as, as far as I'm concerned. But if you're interested and if you want to continue listening, here's my theory, which says that, um, you know, I believe that 
generally speaking, there are two types of fathers who can raise a narcissistic daughter. And the first one is a dad um, who's a narcissist himself and is usually uh, very controlling, very strict, and let's say, I don't know, very perfectionist. So what happens here is that this father usually wants his daughter to be on the top of everything. And that's not because because of her own sake, but because he sees her as an expanded arm of himself. So he she has to be perfect because it is his daughter, right? And this dynamic between fathers and daughters influences the daughter's belief, uh, especially when it comes to men. So usually the daughter creates a very intense and twisted hatred towards men. That's what I believe, at least. You know, because I think that uh, this type of woman usually believes that all men are evil. But ironically, she still tries to get their attention since she has uh, she, since she was fighting for her uh, father's attention for uh, her whole life. And this is why I said that the situation is kind of twisted because she hates his father. But at the same time, she is dying for his attention because she never had it. She never felt like she was enough for him, right? And this is human nature. We need to be loved by our parents because it's necessary for us. But unfortunately, a narcissistic parent, in this case, a father, usually doesn't love his daughter. And it's more about um, if she's going to do what he wants. It's more about the illusion that he wants to create. Because this is how narcissistic people work. (laughs) They are very... um, uh, into illusions they are very manipulative very uh, calculated and unfortunately also usually very very charming so that's why I believe that chances are high that a narcissistic father can raise a very narcissistic daughter and obviously it is not always the case of course not I, I know many great women who were raised by a selfish and egocentric father but they're not even slightly like them right because you know I'm talking about a generalized observation right now. So let's go back to the narcissistic daughter. And, uh, you know, I think that this type of woman usually wants to have uh, a man who's like a slave so she can treat him the way her father treated her. To me, it's like... To me, it's like a revenge type of situation. And you can see this among many, many, many angry feminists, right? Because in their eyes, women are always the victim and men are always the tyrant, right? Because this is how they perceived the word as they were a child. It's like, you know, it was a little girl against a big, huge dictator man. In this case, their father, right? So um, they willingly decide to hate men and everything related to them because, you know, they get very entitled in their views and they believe that the word um, owes something to them since they were a victim their whole life. And it actually makes sense because when you've been suffering so much, especially as a little child, as a defenseless child, you start to believe that being a poor victim is your destiny and you don't see any way out. This is actually, uh, this is your excuse to every poor decision you make. And this is an excuse for every harsh reality that you don't want to face. And besides, 
you tend to separate the word into bad and good only. There's only two categories for you. And that's why you picture yourself as a victim when it comes to men, right? This is how a narcissistic woman who has been abused by a narcissistic father thinks. This is her whole word, right? And she might even uh, bully people, and, and, and in particular men, and she would justify her bad behavior by being hurt from her father. Like, oh my God, I cannot do anything for my behavior. That's why I had this trauma, you know? This is how they justify it. And she sees her, because, you know, that's what happens when you see your father, when you see your father in every man. And that's why I believe that the activism or the feminism is not coming from a place of love for women, but a place of hatred and bitterness towards men, right? Because uh, I think that many feminists, many radical feminists, don't understand that men and women should work as a team because this was not represented in their childhood. They used to be very, uh, they used to be oppressed by a man the whole time. So it's obvious to me that their perspective towards men is very, very destroyed. And it's funny because I believe that many of them think, okay, now it's my turn. Now this is my chance to be selfish, ruthless, and even abusive towards men. They want to take revenge. But what they're not realizing is that they are actually the mirror of their own narcissistic father. It's a pattern, right? And it's repeating all itself the whole time. But the good news is, <laughs> or the bad news, is that I believe that there's also another type of father who would raise a narcissistic woman. And I witnessed many of them, many of them among Iranian communities. <laughs> and I'm sure you all did. I'm sure that we all know which father I'm going to talk about right now. And this is the extremely nice and gentle and kind father who believes that his daughter is already perfect no matter what. And he's basically, you know, the, the opposite of our first example of our narcissistic father. Because this type of dad puts his daughter on a pedestal and treats her as if she's flawless, right? He spoils her. He agrees with her no matter what. He even... I don't know, justifies her bad behavior and her poor choices. And he literally does everything she demands, right? And we all know this type of that. But what happens to her? Well, I think that she kind of creates a false picture of how the word should treat her and see her. Because, you know, this type of woman is usually also very delusional and sometimes extremely naive and and highly, highly narcissistic because, you know, she was raised as if her actions had no consequences and as if the word should obey to her. And the reason for that is that um, her father didn't set any boundaries or any standards for her. So in her word of illusion, she's the queen of everything and the whole world is serving her. But the reality doesn't work like that. And we know this, right? The reality is much more cruel than this and is much harsher than she believes. This is the reality. And that's why I said that 
you know, this type of woman is also very naive because she sincerely believes that her opinions and her thoughts are the right one. So what happens if a man who's not her father treats her as a normal human being, not as a princess? I think she immediately starts to attack him. And that's what you see uh, among many feminists. They don't want to have discussions. They just immediately snap. Immediately. Because, you know, how dare he treating her as a normal person? And here again, the, the men versus women circumstance also happens here. She sees every woman as a queen and every man as a slave who should say yes to whatever she's asking for. Because, you know, this is what her dad taught her the whole time. Her dad was a slave of his own daughter. And this is why so many feminists are throwing words such as, you know, mansplaining, misogynist, fat shaming, and whatever phobic into the word because they don't understand that not everybody should agree with them and that the real word, again, doesn't work like that, right? They, they cannot have a discussion. They cannot uh, be confronted with facts. And then they make up words such as mansplaining, right? And that's because I believe that they are usually very sensitive when it comes to critique. And um, they probably take critique as an assault or even uh, worse, <laughs> as a personal attack. And that's because their father never corrected them. So it's obvious that you think highly of yourself, right? You think you're perfect. Seriously, there are people out there who think that they are perfect. And, you know, they are also um, very controlling when it comes to other people, especially when it comes to other people's mind. And they want to cancel everyone who's not on the same page as them. So as you can see, they're very selfish, right? And we can see this uh, in feminist movements and they are canceling everyone. Like, oh... I think this is Dave Chappelle right now who is getting canceled by feminists. You cannot cancel him. Dude canceled himself years ago. You cannot cancel someone who is not afraid of being canceled. <laughs> but they don't get it, right? They just don't get it. And the funny thing is that uh, I've experienced this one a lot of times with feminists myself. Uh, as, as I mentioned before, unfortunately, I have met many of them in my life. And, you know, we've we have we had discussions or even actually fights because they don't want to listen and then uh, they snap, whatever. And they get angry. Feminists who were angry because I refuse to be with them. I refuse to support them <laughs> or simply because I believe I like men and I'm a straight woman. I don't know <laughs> because because how dare I not be a feminist as a woman? How dare I um, valuing family and having kids more than only career, right? I'm not saying that those things are wrong. Obviously, I want to have a career myself, but I do believe that kids and having a family is probably more important to only focusing on a career because I think this is how our nature works right but okay you you can do you and I can do whatever I want but they just cannot accept it right they they cannot see other views other perspectives 
This is what what they've been told as a kid. Only your opinion is right. This is so funny to me because when it comes to feminists, <laughs> well, they're always like, oh, no means no, right? You've heard that? It's always no means no. But when, it, when they receive a big fat no from another woman, then they call her a pick-me girl. <laughs> That's what they have called me, a pick-me girl. You know, I, I'm, I'm not even bothered. But uh, for those of you <laughs> who are not familiar with this term, let me explain that. Well, um, basically... A pygmy girl is a girl who just acts like she understands men, so they pay attention to her, right? But fortunately, <laughs> fortunately, thank God, I don't need to sim for men in order to, you know, get their attention since I have better qualities. I could, I could get their attention even if I was a feminist. So with that being said, I don't need that. But besides, besides, let's say I'm a pygmy girl. I couldn't care less, actually. You know why? Because I'm rather your pick-me girl instead of being an irrational, radical, and hateful feminist who didn't work on her father issues. You know, because I don't like the idea of sitting there and whining about how my dad or my mom used to be and that's why I'm so uh, hurt right now, whatever. You know, instead of instead of holding myself accountable for my shitty behavior and going to therapy, I don't know, whatever. And this is actually a big step that many feminists tend to skip. They're like, oh, you know, I'm hurt and that's your fault. Okay, fine, but you're an adult now and you have to do something for that, right? And I don't care about your gender. It's not about your gender. Why should I ever respect someone based on him or her gender his or her gender I, I just don't get it stupid and you know I just don't buy this victim narrative I don't need any man or any woman to help me because you know <clears throat> excuse me I know my rights and I know that I can study whatever I want. I can dress however I want. I can marry whoever I want. And I can live wherever I want. And also, also, I'm educated enough to know that every woman in this society can do the same if she wants to. You cannot deny this. This is a fact. This is a fact. But you know who cannot do the same? Iranian women who are living in Iran. And surprisingly, I've, I've rarely seen this victim attitude from them because all I've seen was fighting and aiming for the best and at the end of the day, becoming a hero, right? This is so funny. This is actually ironic to me because imagine this. Women who live in a true patriarchy are much more empowered than the first word women who are dyeing their armpits in baby blue or pink, whatever, so they can show every man how strong they are. This is, oh, this is a society that we are living in. This is a joke. <laughs> oh my God. And you know what? Um, you know what? Let's say I visit Iran this year and someone comes up to me and asks if I'm a feminist. 
I would answer, yes, I am. Of course I am. I'm a hardcore feminist in Iran. And this is obvious. The reason is pretty clear. Because Iranian women are living in a misogynist society. They are discriminated by laws, you know, which is the, and the laws are written by bigots. It's so shocking. And they're oppressed based on their gender. And this is, this is a fact. This is based on evidence, not on emotions. And for those of you who are not familiar with uh, Iranians' uh, law system, let me give you some horrible examples. Uh, here's an example. A woman's value is equal to a man's left testicle. And no, this is not a joke. I wish it was. It's not a meme, whatever. This is literally a law in Iran. But what does that mean? Well, it means that let's say you hit a woman with your car and she dies. So the compensation that you're going to pay is the same as if you were paying for the left testicle of a man. And please let that sink for a second. And see if you still have the audacity to rant about mansplaining in a country which had a woman as its leader for 16 years. For those of you who don't know, I'm talking about Merkel. You're talking about mansplaining in Germany? Wow. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I know that I get emotional when it comes to this um, topic. <laughs> I, I tried to avoid that this time, but how can I not get emotional? You know, the victim narrative in Western society grosses me out. It's just disgusting. It's unbearable to me. Okay, but let's let's have a look on another law. Let's go back to patriarchy. <laughs> let's go back to Iran. So, a married woman in Iran is not allowed to travel without the admission of her husband. Again, not a joke, not a jo joke, 2021. This is happening in Iran. And this just happened to an Iranian athlete a few years ago. And, uh, you know, as this woman made it to Olympics, and, and okay, oh my God, I'm getting emotional, obviously. <laughs> and let's, you know, let's not even start with the sport environment for women in Iran. Let's not even go there, okay? But what happened to her? So her husband just decided to not allow her to go on this important trip, which was probably the most important trip in her whole life. This is the law. This is a law in Iran. She couldn't do anything against it. And we are here making victims out of women who could run the world, who are able to be CEOs, pilots, doctors, engineers, I don't know, lawyers, and even presidents. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> the audacity, seriously. And also kind of the hypocrisy, because they're doing nothing for oppressed women, those feminists. They're doing nothing for them. And this makes me speechless, makes me angry. And of course, I'm frustrated. 
of course. And I'm not only talking about Iran. I, I'm, I'm sure very emotional when it comes to my country, but it's not only about them. There are millions of women who are being oppressed in Saudi Arabia, in Iraq, right? But no one is talking about them because we are so busy talking about mansplaining and uh, victim narrative and, oh my God, oh, stop whining. It's, it's embarrassing, seriously. It's embarrassing. But still, you know what? Still, I don't want to lose hope for today's feminism because... I think I'm optimistic even, you know, because I believe that there's always room for some changes, for improvement, even in our society, obviously. But this would not happen if we don't work as a team and um, if we don't realize that we need men and women to be compatible and not competitive, at least not when it comes to building a good society, right? And we need them to be willing to understand each other better. We have to make this foundation for them. Women need to uh, allow men to understand them better. But feminists usually fight men and fight them instead of being open to have civilized discussion. And today's feminism, as I said, is not serving this purpose at all. It is even poisoning our society and destroying many, many good values that we have which is unfortunate but you know I think that even even in this type of environment um, there are still beautiful sophisticated and wise feminists who are for me personally a true inspiration and one of them is actually Dr. Christina Hoff Sommers who I personally adore so much. I'm such a fangirl when it comes to her, <laughs> seriously. And I hope she's going to be on this podcast one day. I would probably freak out and die after the interview, but <laughs> this is a dream of mine. And if you're not familiar with her, uh, I would definitely recommend you to watch her YouTube channel, which is called Factual Feminist. I mean, oh my God, this name is just hope for me. Factual feminist. This is so beautiful. And, you know, I would also recommend uh, her books, obviously, such as Who Stole Feminism, which, is, which I'm reading right now, and also The Boy Crisis. Because uh, I just love this woman, <laughs> as you can see. <laughs> because, you know, she talks about the genuine feminism, which cares for both genders. And she's coming from a place full of love and understanding for women and also for men. And she doesn't need to, you know, be provocative or yell at someone to prove her empowerment. To me personally, I believe that her words, her attitude and her wisdom are her weapon, which makes you respect her, right? And you can easily see that in her videos because in her videos and also in her books she uses statistics <laughs> and science instead of her emotions and I love that this is how you should argument regardless of your gender and this is how people listen to you because they take you and your problems seriously 
and they don't make fun out of you because of your, I don't know, blue armpits. And this woman is a fresh air for our Western world and for the new feminism. And not only her, obviously, I know that there are lots of feminists like her. Okay, not lots of feminists. <laughs> They're rare, but they do exist, right? They do exist. And they talk sense and they truly cares for women. And more importantly, those feminists know that we need to be together in this one and not separated, which we are right now. I would say even more than ever. It's a war between men and women. And I think, I know it sounds cliche, but no one is going to win. No one. Everyone's going to lose. And, you know, because in order to have a functional society, we should start having peace between men and women. And this is not going to happen if the third wave of feminism doesn't consider change and tolerance. But enough for today because, wow, <laughs> I got emotional once again when it comes to feminism. I would like to wrap up, uh, wrap up this episode, even though I believe that I'm still going to make many other analyses on feminism because uh, it's never enough. And <laughs> feminists uh, just deliver you new content. <laughs> but for today, I would like to come to the end and... I truly hope that I could share my thoughts in a way that it made sense to you. And I'd be grateful if you share, <clears throat> excuse me, I'd be grateful if you share your opinions with me, especially when you think otherwise, because this is what's missing in our society. You know, having a genuine discussion about opposite views and that would help us to grow and get better. So tell me about your perspective. But for today... I would want to wish you a beautiful day or night. Bye, guys. <laughs>